hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. I will not laugh. Uh, the, the... Can I just say, Joe did, did the countdown that Sylvester McCoy. That's why there's a weird <laughs> screech of me at the beginning. I'll do the same thing for like into the episode, shall I? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, okay. So uh, that might give you a clue as to who I'm talking to if you recognise the poetic tones of David Maskell. Say hello, David. Hello. Hello. I'm enjoying this a lot. It's good fun. Say hello, David. Oh, hello, David. Thank you. Again, just once a story. That's all I all I ask. Oh, he asks. <laughs> oh, I ask a lot. Um, okay, so we are going into Silver Nemesis episode three. Um, yeah. Richly considered as one of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever, alongside Case of Androzani four and Inferno number six. Yeah. And are you enjoying this? More than I ever have before. I'm going to put that down to me. So I, I'm going to put that but, down to you as well, because I generally find this a tedious mess. But this has been really fun to talk about. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this is Day of the Doctor. Yeah. I mean, Heaven Sent, Blink. What are those episodes oh. compared to Silver Nemesis Episode 3? I mean, honestly, nothing. You're going to find out, listener. They are ephemera compared to this. Uh, yes, I don't even know what that word means, but yes. It sounds important. That's all I know. It's a big word. Yes. They are insignificant. Yes, that's a good one. Insignificant. And you are evil. (laughs) (laughs) That line's coming up soon. Okay. Are you ready? I'm I'm ready for a bit more of McCoy action. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Demin like that, matron. I've got a few videos he did in the mid nineties. No, seriously, there's a oh, there's a God. BBV video. I think where he has sex with Sophie Aldred. Do you want it? Should we go into episode? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that one. I believe it did happen. Or was it Colin Baker having sex with Nicola Bryant? It was Nicola Bryant. Yeah, it was that one. It was that no, one. I think there's one where McCoy gets his kit off as well. You know. I don't really want to think about that. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I've already done a podcast today talking about the doctor's penis, so I need to stop. Okay, so in a five and a four and a three and a two and a one, let's go, Ace. Ace. <gasps> <sighs> Do you imagine that's the, the, the galaxy of Andromeda from where the secrets vanished in Trial of a Time Lord? Yeah, that's where Linda Bellingham went. Oh, is that where the actual trial thing is? I like to think I like somewhere to think. in there. Why is the TARDIS in like a bubble? Or is that the Earth? I don't know, I like is that, it. Is though. that the Earth? Don't know. I, I, I maybe it's supposed to be a planet or something. Why has McCoy got gold paint all over his face? I don't know. I like that wink now. I know not many people do, but I do like that sort of cheap <laughs> look. I think he does that wink in that video in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Not ruining this. I'm sorry. So, I'm ruining this for you, and you're making it more pleasurable for me. That's how the universe <laughs> <Yeah>. should work. <laughs> So in the previous episode, you said season 24 is your favourite season. I did, yes. Which has actually led me on to a question. Oh, go ahead. I've been asking a few people this. Do you, do you collect the Blu-ray? I do, yes. 
Yeah, and as I'm sure you're aware, season 24 is coming out. I'm desperately excited about that. Very, very excited. Very excited. If you could be on a behind the sofa for a season, which season would it be? (gasps) That is the best question I've been asked yet. Um, And who with, if you were allowed to choose who you're on it with? Obviously Janet Fielding. Yeah. Uh, Probably Janet Fielding and Sarah Stein, because they banter well. Um, And season... Season seventeen. Oh, oh yes, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. But did you know in oh. the season twenty-six Blu-ray behind the sofa features, Annika Wills declared season twenty-six too camp for her tastes. She can talk. What do you mean? Well, have you seen her seasons? Well, they're not especially camp. Well, they're a little bit camp. You look at, you know. I mean, David, I've got. I've, it's the confession time now. Most of Doctor Who is very camp. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh wait, and I die. I'm evil. I am. He's I, lovely I, I, though. I, like, I, don't you love the fact that he's just so obedient and like, yeah, a it's just puppy. like. Oh, oh, I love it. I think I'd have to do season twenty-five. I think I'd have to do this season mm. alongside whom? Bonnie Langford. And, and, oh, John Levine. Oh God, no! Uh, someone like Peter Purvis, I think, would be quite fun. Oh, I'm not sure Peter Purvis was on the Space Museum doc, uh, commentary, and all he did was slag it off, <laughs> going, "Well, <laughs> the chase is better than this." I was in the chase. Oh, so, Ace um, is really scared. Look at this. Yeah, you see, this is nice, you see, because he actually realised that this is a big thing for her to say that she's scared. So, um, whilst we had we had a little cheeky break between episodes two and three where we had a cheeky top-up suit, um, and I did a little bit of Googling, and I discovered that uh, the actor who played Richard in this episode was actually a last-minute replacement, a very, very last-minute replacement, and it didn't say who was, who was going to play it, but Simon Callow was originally offered it, Oh, um, I mean, that's talk, talk about overcasting a role. Mm-hmm. Was he was he not particularly but, famous then? I don't know. He might have not. He might have just sort of been coming. But the most exciting bit, and I and now that we're in this episode, I go back it. Larry Hagman was originally going to be the uh, tourist. Wow. From from dynasty dynasty. It's, it's supposed to be dynasty, but it's dynasty, isn't it? That's how you're supposed to say it. Oh, um, look at look how cute Sylvester McCoy is here. Yeah, look how cute he is. <laughs> Give me the ball. Give me the ball. See, he's uh, angry. For a side man, that's angry. Yeah. But yeah, so it was originally gonna be Larry Hagman, and I think he, he couldn't do it in the end. Okay. I mean I mean I'm glad they got Dolores Gray. I don't think we would have met otherwise. No, no, no way. Um, um so do I, you think this further diminishes the side man that there's a comedy routine featuring the bow played around them? No. Not really. I think. I think that's the way McCoy's got through. You know, the two of them. Sort of, it's a bit like the candy in the candy um, kitchen. You know, the two of them. Are oh yeah. Doing that. That's that's there. I'll forgive any scenes in the candy kitchen because they feature the candy man. Oh yeah, I love the candy man. What's interesting is you've got all these sets of villains, and then here comes the statue that out out evils all of them. Mm. Like like I this think- is the most powerful villain in this show, in this story. And I think it's introduced too late. I think she she pops up, matron, too late. You know, yeah. it, it, we're on episode three. We're on the last episode, and she's only just 
Tears. David, I've got a question for you. Go on. I am beautiful, am I not? <laughs> you surely are. Honey. <laughs> it shall be mine. She plays every scene, like looking just off camera. Oh, she's wonderful in this. She is great. Um, so in Attack of the Cybermen, uh, cyber conversion was shown to be this very grisly process, yeah? <coughs> yeah. In Silver Nemesis, they just put headphones on them, and that's it. <laughs> they, they just run out of budget. Probably, oh, come but... on. He just had, like, a handful of crappy dust that he threw at them. Like, these are the worst Cybermen ever. Yeah, they're not great, are they? But I wonder if that's because Kevin Clark doesn't quite get Doctor Who, so I wonder if that's him, you know... Trying to make them evil, but not really understanding the history of the Cybermen. And I think the statue thing—that's probably more Andrew Carmel. He likes big, epic, yeah, he likes since yeah. the dawn of time monsters, doesn't he? Yeah, and you know, who <laughs> like Fenric in the next season, you know, yeah. things like that. The Hand of Omega. Oh yes. Um, the Gods of Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah, you could do it. I can't do that. Here we all are at last. <laughs> um, did you, you told me a story off Mike about how many times the TARDIS pops around in this story. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I don't know uh, like, about the quiz of wrestling, but they did a Silver Nemesis round, and I was like, yeah, I'm up for this. I can do this. And the only question we got wrong was how many times the TARDIS takes a trip in Silver Nemesis. And it's about 14. I think mm. if you... Because uh, they, they, they start off with Courtney Pye, and then they go back in time, and then they go... Then they land back in present day. Then they land where the Cybermen were. And then they go off again. Then they go back into the... It's just lots of just flipping around. That's, that's very McCoy, though. Curse of Fenric features location hopping like you would not believe. But they, blessing, they don't use the TARDIS. This is the, this was the question. Is how many times do they go back and forth in the TARDIS? Whereas well, that's, that's like blessing. insane accuracy then, isn't it? Like yeah. he's really learned how to drive. And look, here we are again. Look, he's landed in <coughs> this warehouse. I think all these scenes in this warehouse are fab. Yeah. Because it's really atmospheric setting. Like when she's up on the gantries, the Cybermen are actually scary for about three and a half seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I wish well, look, I was still there. I'd she's got her catapult now. We're going to have that. <gasps> oh my word, she knows coming. You know, here she comes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell a bit of history of Dolores Grey. Thank you. So Dolores Grey was a very very well-known Broadway star who had, had by this time was doing sort of, you know, sort of semi-retired. And she was in London doing a musical called Follies, which um, I bet she is. Where are you folks heading? It surely is, honey. Jump right in. I may have um, to turn it up for her next scene, okay? Oh, yeah, no, I, I will be quite for the next scene. I'm just trying to get pretty quiet. But so she, she was in Follies in London at the time doing the musical, which I, I put a thing on Twitter about it. And um, she, uh, it, yeah, this is that's how they got her into this. Basically, John Mayer was a massive fan, went to see the show and said, would you like to come and be in Doctor Who? And I don't think she quite got what Doctor Who was, well, but she accepted to do it anyway. Okay. And they they drove her <laughs> to the location in a limousine. When she got to the location, they had to give her basically a facelift, like a, a BBC facelift, but halfway through the day, it started to melt. Oh, shut up. So they had to quit. Oh, I'll be quiet now. She's coming. Oh, okay. Hang on. Let me turn it up. 
Who are you from? Huh? Oh, I just, just came, came over from, from London. London. Two days right. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Actually, Actually, the traffic on. was pretty reasonable. Reasonable. About, let's see. Um, um, 40 minutes ago. It's a go. Folks from the, the south, south are never, never, never in a hurry. As a matter of fact, I'm here on the visit. Checking, checking out my, my roots. His wives would crop up this time of year, though. I mean, it's just beyond count, isn't it? It's hilarious. Yeah, so, so, um, so, yeah, that's how she got involved. And, and yeah, they basically have to give her a facelift, a BBC facelift, but it melted during the day. So they have to then quickly go and put it back into the makeup. Wow. Stuff like that. And that's the result, what we see in the limo? That's what we, that was the result that was in there. But the other story was, was that she was being picked up in the hotel she was staying in in London. And she, they left her pearls and jewellery on the pavement. Wasn't it worth a lot of money? It was worth like under a million pounds or something ridiculous like that. Jesus. And of course, you know, She's nervous because all of her jewellery might have gone, but luckily the person in the hotel saw it and put it back in the oh. hotel. But I don't think she enjoyed the experience particularly. Well, the, oh, I want to see where my family came around from here. 1600s. All power shall be mine. I mean, they've done a good job. Her face looks pretty tall. Yes, they will, honey. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh. Her face. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Here's the scene. Ready? Watch. Sad man. Shooting. 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 Missing. 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 Shooting. Missing. Shoot. Oh, I think we've been going about 10 minutes now. Ace fires one shot. Boom. He's down. What yeah, the she hell? Would be dead, wouldn't she? In reality, she'd be a goner. Those Cybermen. Those are the VR Cybermen. They're rubbish. Mm, no, they are. Yeah. And I mean, destroy the reason, her. Destroy her. The reason, the reason I love her character so much. Are we going back to Mrs. Remington? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, we've, got, we've got to wait till she's gone. We can't talk about her. Either. Sorry. I found me on a little land there. The Remingtons are Remington Range. Thieves and, thieves and swindlers and all. You study history? <coughs> oh, she's just good. I mean, this is the thing I love about it is the reason i love the character so much is it that she brings absolutely nothing to the plot <laughs> the point of to the point of there's a huge fight scene going on between ace and sidemen and during that they cut back to her and like it's just the most random character in, Do in doctor who history <laughs> yeah. i don't think there's i don't think there's a, a forgive me a more kind of pointless character but that's like i agree with you like i just think it's the best it's, it's the funniest thing ever because we surely do yeah it's the most <laughs> random great. character in doctor who ever she doesn't mean anything to the plot and like i said there's this fight sequence going with this they cut back to her like, you know, <laughs> but it's just so funny it's like, funny do you know what the, the funniest gag is lady painful going it was a slow poisoning <laughs> and i so so i was once on a, i was on a zoom chat with sophie aldred and someone had to... She, I'm sorry, she I've got to start there. picking up these names you've dropped off the floor. Sorry, sorry. Just, but, no, go on, go on, go on. And, I, and someone mentioned my Twitter handle, said Mrs. Remington fan, and she looked at me like I was mental. And I said, oh, because of Dolores Gray's character, and she burst out laughing. And she said, well, why is it that? And I, I said that. I said, it's the most random character in Doctor history, but I can't help but love her. 
but she's she's just, she's just there. Well, I don't There's think no Sophie Aldred has ever forgotten you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of all she the fans that she's met, she's. I just I just think it's the most hilarious part ever. I just. There's no need for it. Do you know what's strange though? It's like like you get labelled with these things, you know. Like you know, like Josh Nares from YouTube. Yeah. How he's been labelled as the number one Nissa fan. You are now forever the Mrs. Remington fan. Yeah, I just think she's. I just think she's wonderful. Like I just for Christmas I got her album on vinyl and just it, it's made me love her even more. But I just think it's. It's complete nonsense. I, I mean, I'm just thinking, I think the whole thing, like, of, of how much you love it is idiosyncratic and glorious. Yeah. And she doesn't need to be there. That's the thing I love. But just, why not? To why be not fair, you know, I feel like she should have been the villain in this rather than the side of it. She'd have been more effective. <laughs> but why not bring her in it? Why not have Dolores Grey pop up? I mean, I mean, if you look at her IMDb page, she's done four things, and that's literally it. It goes from 1950-whatever to 1988 when it's a silver nemesis. Why not? Um, do you think she could have turned up at, you know, you know your uh, Mrs. Remington Adventures, the, the murder mystery programme? Oh, yeah. Do you think she through. could have turned up in The Unicorn and the Wasp as one of the guests? Oh, 100%. In fact, she, I think she was going to be a Black Orchid, but she... she was hey, honey. Orchid. I'm here but, for the lawn party. <laughs> I just love it. Love it, love it, love it. But I think, like, like again, going back to um, the good stuff about this. Sorry, you have been talking about the good stuff, but um, there are some really good scenes here in a minute. I really love the bit where she's going, like, um, Doctor Who, have you never wondered who he is? Who he is. Mm. I know. I, sorry, going back to Mrs. Remington from it. I know there's a funny story that I think Sylvester or Andrew Cartman told where John Nathan Turner walked into the room and said, I have got the most glorious guest star for the 25th anniversary special. And they're going, oh, who is it? I wonder who it is. She's an American actress. They're going, oh, my God, who's it? Dolores Gray. And there's sort of tumbleweed. Because <laughs> <laughs> none of them had ever heard who she was. Because obviously John Nathan Turner was a massive musical station. Yeah. So he idolised her. But no one else knew who she was. Honestly, the trailer for the if the that's all he's for... ever known for, Peggy Mount, Dolores Gray, yeah, and Beryl Reed. Yeah. In the 25th anniversary um, trailer, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the first thing that they have is her going, party automobile over. Yeah, she's famous <laughs> enough to put her in the trailer. Your impression is just astonishing. Thank you. I, I have many nights where I just do Mrs. Remington impressions. <laughs> I, do, I do everyone, just really badly. Mm. Time, past, present, and future. Okay, all right, hang on. Wait, I've just one more thing about the Cybermen. They're just fucking stupid. Like, he literally just said, Oh, Ace, I'm going to arrange to have this to fire off at a prearranged time. What is the time? And then they walk into it. I know. Like, they're supposed to be clever. But they're written as stupid. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the. That's a shame because they're not. It's a bit like um, Day of the Daleks. That's another story which I'm not a big fan of. But the Daleks are really rubbish in that because there's three of them and that's it. Fortunately, I I, I think in Day of the Daleks there's enough going on around it to kind of cover for that. I suppose there's enough going on in this as well, isn't there? It, It kind of feels like they went, it's the 25th anniversary, silver, silver nemesis, 
are Cybermen, but then didn't quite think of what they could do. No, you're you're right. In the uh, documentary, Kevin Clark actually says, "Well, you know, this is a silver anniversary, and they are silver." So that was his exact thinking. Yeah. But well, I wonder why they did why they didn't get someone like Terence Dix or Ben Aronovich, yeah. someone to write the twenty fifth anniversary of the story instead of someone who. I think there's okay. So the thing that makes it so much fun now is the thing that stops it from being like a classic, and that is it's just so fluffy, isn't it? It's so full of fluff. Mm. She's wonderful in this. I mean, she is completely over the top. And also, it sounds like I'm obsessed with this. If you heard Terry the Verbal as I talked about someone who's in Father Ted, Richard is in an episode of Father Ted where they're stuck on a plane and he plays the. Um, uh, uh, pilot and it's 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 hilarious. Oh, it's really, really fun. Um, it sounds like I'm obsessed with it, but what Father Ted? Well, to be fair, I drop I drop quotes for um, Foot in the Grave and um, Are You Being Served all the time? Is there no call for mechanical pussies? <laughs> I've I've just finished all six series of One Foot in the Grave. Oh, it's sublime! It. Is it? It's so good. Does that wonderful the thing fact that bit... they wasted both Richard Wilson and Annette Crosby on bit parts. Mm. Ugh, rough it. Uh, uh, Mrs. Warboy's got a better part in Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, she was fab, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, the Gorgon, yeah. yeah. Mrs. Wall. I love Mrs. Warboy. She's one of the greatest characters ever in sitcom history. I love the bit where she gets shoved down the hill in the sack and someone should tell you you're really boring. <laughs> and she has the finger deep fried. Uh, was it how big was it mr meldrew well it was about the what the bloody hell difference does it matter what how big it was it's that episode where they're in stuck in the traffic and she goes did you get any smoky bacon crisps you asked the cheese and onion no i didn't have the smoky bacon oh they had lots of smoky bacon but you didn't get one no uh, it's just that's like it's clever comedy and it's so quotable as well and also, it's that wonderful comedy that makes you laugh one minute, and then the oh, next minute God. you go, "Oh, you, God, do you remember? <laughs> she can't be dead. She's a bloody health and fitness instructor." <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we're talking the, all over the climax here. Do you remember the episode where? Sorry, we will go back. Do you remember the episode when they're in bed and they talk about the death of their son, a newborn? Thank you. So I mean, that's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That episode, so, or the episode oh, where he thinks Margaret's died. Mm. That really hits home as well. Yeah. And the finale. Mm. But I think British comedy does that really well. That kind of... Um, uh, it's almost like um, aching realism and then taking mm. the piss out of it as well. That's why my other favourite sitcom is The Royal Family, because The Royal Family can do that. They can make you laugh and then the next minute you're... Sorry, when, we really need to talk about when do you there. think Doctor Who's come as close to that sort of thing? That kind of, kind of uncomfortable fusion of comedy and kind of... Uh, I don't know. Looking, looking at the. I would say the Tom Baker life. era, but that's not a bad. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think because Tom Baker was much more of a fun, Let jokey doctor. doctor. Don't I would say it's something like the Rusty Davis era, where mm. they really pushed into the idea that life is painful, and it was also very funny as well. Yeah, like, definitely. Think of like Love and Monsters, which has an absurd monster, and also has like the ending where. You realise oh, oh, he's lost his. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We... She. Oh, she's great. See, I don't. Never got. Never get this. Never got this. How? Who cares? It's great. 
don't get how she becomes nemesis, but she's no. But then there is is it a fact that in a lot of Sylvester McCoy stories they don't always give you all the answers. Have you seen Ghostlight? I can at least I can explain Ghostlight. <laughs> Oh, that's very camp, that balloon going out there. (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying about Love and Monsters? Oh, nothing. Just it was a fusion of, like, really good comedy. And then the ending where you realise his mum's died and that doctor was there on that day. It's that same sort of fusion. Oh, my God, the Uh, egg boxes are about to explode. Oh. Love and Monsters is one of those stories that I hated when it went out, but I've really grown to like it now this. I, I think it's terrific. Yeah. It, this is impossible. Anybody that says that Love and Monsters isn't what Doctor Who should be is the sort of person that boxes Doctor Who into a certain type of thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I my only thing about it is once Peter Kay goes into the Zorgoloff, it gets a bit silly. But when he's Victor Kennedy, he's very, very good. Um, David, we have just watched three episodes of Silver Nemesis. You rather like silly Doctor Who. You know what, sorry? You rather like silly Doctor Who. I do like silly Doctor Who. Lord Nymon! This is us. So I mean, this is the thing. For me, Sylvester McCoy just reminds me of being a little kid, watching Doctor Who, loving every second of it, loving Ace. If the story's a bit rubbish, I don't care. I just want to enjoy it. I want to have a laugh. It's, you know, it's... Can I let you in on a little secret? Go on. I just love all Doctor Who, like all of it. Yeah. Even the really bad stuff. Except Terminus. I can't get to no, that. No, I even love Terminus, even though it's really terrible. It's beyond worst story. Oh, look. Listen to this. We're coming up to the end. Look, look at just how you nailed the Daleks. All right, love, don't point it out that it's the same plot. <laughs> it's the same plot. I can. I, I think we're going to have to cheer when uh, the Queen's name appears, or stand up and do the national anthem. I think just cheer there. La, 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 la. Oh, that's the British yeah. national anthem. Oh, I love this end. I think this is such a nice end. It's a shame if they're just not playing it. So his, like his enigmatic look there is supposed to imply what he's got. Yeah? <laughs> I think so. Okay, so the Doctor is God. Well, I'm glad we so- solved that. Yeah. Hold on, here she comes. We just got to cheer. <laughs> hey! Hey! She is. filling over Richard. I enjoyed that. I, I, yeah. I have never enjoyed that more, honestly. <laughs> um, so, okay, so let's round this up. I'm going to be cruel to you now and take away Mrs. Remington because I'm not going to let you have that as your reason to love Silver Nemesis. Why should somebody go to their shelf right now and grab Silver Nemesis? Fantastic performances from Fiona Walker, one of the best villains of Dodge 2 in the 80s. Sylvester and Sophie, need I say more. The chemistry between the two of them is absolutely on point from start to finish. And there's a little extra bonus, you get the greatest guest star in Doctor Who history. And you know what? If you really don't like the Cybermen, they're really shit as well. So, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of, because you know what? Like, I think this and Revenge of the Cybermen basically um, cemented my opinion of Revenge of uh, the Cybermen. Yeah, they're, they're not. 
they're not great in this one, but Sylvester and Sophie. Sylvester and Sophie. And Lady Painful and Mrs. Remington. And you know what you've got there? Oh my god, I've just I've just realized you've got three strong women. Yeah. Do any of them meet? Do they have a conversation? Do they pass the Bechdel test? Lady Lady Bainful and uh Dolores Gravy. <gasps> they do, and they don't talk about a man. Oh <laughs> my god. Silver Nemesis has passed the Bechdel test. Even Stephen Moffat only managed that twice in eight mm. seasons. Oh, six seasons. Um, anyway, that just leads me to thank you profusely for coming on. Thank you. It's for lovely, not lovely kidnapping me, for not murdering me, and for... <laughs> and letting me uh, sit through Mrs. Remington and enjoying every second of it. And tempting us all with your delicious chocolate. Oh. That is not a euphemism. No, other <laughs> chocolate is available. Other chocolate is available. Even though they don't even know what you've got. No, but I'd better just say that, you know, I don't want you to get sued. Okay, other gins are available as well, but you <laughs> don't know what gin I've got. Um, David, I will see you back for the Sunmakers. See you for the Sunmakers. Your sublimity. Go on, do a quick, quick quote before you go. Oh, God. Oh, God, I can't think of a quote. Oh, we yeah, shot do. do, honey. No, 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 from the Sunmakers. You do the oh, collector, don't you? This is the moment when I get a real feeling of satisfaction. <laughs>